All right, welcome to another action-packed episode of The Fanatic with your host, David Patrick, aka DP for short. We have a great show today. I will be discussing um, this new proposed CBA in the NFL, which I believe to be pretty freaking stupid. We'll talk about how hopeless the Bengals are and how, in my opinion, they are now officially the worst-run franchise in the NFL, which is saying something considering we have the Lions, Browns, Redskins, etc. And I'll be wrapping up the show with some NHL talk. For all those who don't know much about hockey or don't listen or follow hockey, well, we're going to be talking about that, especially after last night when the Hurricanes had an emergency goalie situation, which I thought was pretty freaking cool. Because really, in the NHL, it's a league where your average Joes off the street can become heroes. Let's get started. All right, first up, as I mentioned, this stupid freaking CBA. Yeah, so new CPA that was just proposed um, to me is pretty dumb. I'm not going to sit here and crap all over it because that's not what I'm doing. Although there is a really, there is some, there's some good to it. I'll admit there is some good to it, but there's two really, really, really bad parts to this new CBA agreement which doesn't get voted on until um, Tuesday. The players decided to um, push the vote back to this Tuesday. So definitely something to um, keep an eye out for to see if they actually do accept the terms of it, which a lot of them so far are talking like they're not going to, which I don't blame them. As I mentioned, there's some really, really two dumb aspects of it, I guess you could say. But there are some good to it. Um, so basically, the new CBA states that um, if it's passed, teams will get um, two extra roster spots on their active and their practice squad. So that that's pretty cool. I mean, you get two extra spots, two extra bodies you can add to your roster or practice squad, which for undrafted guys or late-round picks or guys in the XFL trying to come back to the league, I think that will potentially be beneficial to them um, trying to get back on a roster, whether it be a practice squad or be an um, active um, roster, game day roster, which is, which is good. I'm glad that that kind of opens the door for them to get an opportunity um, when the XFL season ends. So that's, that's the good. And then um, they also, I believe, said something about like, you can have four guys from your IR, um, the temporary IR, then come back at the, whenever they're healthy. So that's kind of good too, because way back when we all know if you went on IR, IR excuse me, it was over for you. Um, you couldn't come back at all. Your season was done. But um, now you're allowed to come back um, if you are put on the temporary IR. You can come back later in the season whenever you're healthy, which is good because that does clear up, not only does that clear up a spot, but um, yeah, you can come back, which is good, especially if you're a franchise guy who got hurt, not a, too severe where you can't come back. So that that's good too. But 
what I really want to talk about was the two stupid and idiotic parts of this proposal. The first being the 17 game season, which to me does not make any sense whatsoever. And here's, here's really why I don't think it makes sense. You got guys, last, especially last year, let's look at the injuries. You know, you had Breeze going down, you had Mahomes going down, you had Wentz going down, Foles, um, Breeze, as I said, you had all these guys um, missing time. And, um, yeah, so injuries we know are always an issue. They're trying to make the game safer and all this stuff, but why would you add a 17th game? That further puts people at risk. I get it. People say it would make the games more meaningful. Well, to me, most of the games now are already meaningful, especially week 17 when you're fighting for that sixth seed or the first seed, second seed, whatever seed you're fighting for. Generally, every game does count unless you're the Bengals and you don't win more than two games. And yeah, none of your games freaking matter. Nobody's going to freaking watch you. But to me, in a league where it's all about player safety, it doesn't make sense to add an extra game because that just puts people's bodies more in harm's way than they already were in the past. So I'm not really getting the logic there of why we need an extra game. And I think that's one of the things the players didn't like about that was, oh, we got to put our bodies on the line for another game, more than we already ha- another game than we already have to essentially. So I just don't, I don't see them agreeing because of that aspect, especially. No one wants to put their body on the line for another game. Especially one towards the end of the season. And if you get hurt, your playoffs are screwed because you have to play in one extra game instead of just resting your guys or whatever you needed to do. So yeah, like I said, it doesn't make any sense to me. And a lot of players were kind of complaining about that. So I don't blame them. But if I'm them and they're proposing this, I'm like, hey, well, if you're going to propose an extra game, then bump my salary up 10, 20, 30, 40%, then maybe I'd consider it. Because right now, 16 games is enough, in my opinion. An odd number amount, odd amount of number of games to me is just stupid. 16 is fine. It's been that way for a while, long time. And it's... At the end of the day, like this has been the common theme. If it isn't broke, why are we trying to fix something that isn't broken? Because that's the old saying. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Well, this ain't broke, so why in the heck are we trying to fix something like this? It's just stupid. Roger Goodell's an idiot. He always will be an idiot. I cannot stand him. But he has all the power, and he's not going to give it up. He's not going to step down. He's, he's not going to do that stuff, folks. So we just got to suck it up and just accept what he does. Because really, to me, he's an idiot. Like I said, he's dumb. I can't stand him. I think he's dumb. He has not really, to me, done much that makes sense. But he's in charge, so we gotta got to deal with it. And I get it. Some people like him. I don't. But at the end of the day, he's in charge, he's going to be in charge, whatever. And the owners, obviously, of course, they want the extra game so they can make more money, obviously. It's a money-making business, and an extra game gives them extra money. Who wouldn't want that? More slice of the pie, if you will. 
So that's one of the reasons they agreed with it is because, oh, we get an extra game. Yeah, we'll take that. More money in our pockets, essentially. So, I mean, why the heck not? You know, Jerry Jones is going to be all over that. Yes, he's a businessman, of course. He's going to want an extra game for his Cowboys to get national TV exposure, even though they suck. Um, and the other, of course, the, okay, the other aspect of it that I thought was pretty dumb was the um, the seventh seed in the playoffs. It's basically, you got seven seeds, two through seven play on Wild Card Weekend, or uh, yeah, yeah, basically. And then you got your number one overall seed. Um, they get the they're the only team that gets the bye. So last year Ravens would have been a, on bye. Everybody else would have had to have played. Same with the NFC. Um, San Francisco would be off. Everyone else would have to play. And to me, this is stupid too, really, because people complained and whined the last twenty years about, oh well. Seven and nine and eight and eight teams get in. What, four times in the last 20 years? No, who cares? People act like this happens every freaking year. It does not happen every year. It is rare in the current structure where an eight and eight, seven and nine team makes the playoffs. It's only happened maybe five times at most. It is not as common as people think it is. But if we're adding a seventh seed, we're encouraging seven and nine, eight and eight to make the playoffs. There are years where the AFC is bad, and seven and nine, eight and eight with a seventh seed could get you in. It very, it definitely could. And nobody wants to see a seven and nine, eight and eight team get in and get wrecked by the Chiefs by thirty or forty points. Nobody wants to see that. Unless you're a Chiefs fan, that is not going to be entertaining for anyone. Which is dumb. I mean, that last year, for example, this past year, my Pittsburgh Steelers would have had to have played the Chiefs. Because we were the seven, they were the two. In this format, we would have gotten wrecked. We had no freaking quarterback. We had Hodges. We would have lost by at least 30 points. I guarantee it. And there's no way on earth I'd be watching or wanting to see that. So let's not do that and protect 8, eight and 8, 7 and 19 from making it. Because if you can't get to 9 and 7 or higher, you don't deserve it. Period. So changing the format is just stupid. I mean, it's just, it's dumb. We don't want 7 and 9 and 8 and 8. I could see the argument from the NFC side because you, the NFC was really good last year. You had a lot of 9, 10, 10 one, 9 and 10 win teams flirting around at the bottom of the standings. I get that from the NFC perspective because the NFC was very, very strong last year from top to bottom. So, yes, I, I get from their point of view, from the NFC point of view, yes, that would make a little bit more sense. But in the long, grand scheme of things, this is just dumb. Nobody, like I said, nobody wants to see an 8-8, eight 7-9 and eight, seven and nine make it. Especially if that team were to win a couple playoff games, people would be very, very upset. I know I would. Really, the only teams I could see supporting this would be like the Lions or the Browns. Because those teams constantly go 7-9, 6-10, 8-8. 
on in good years that that's how that happens. So that's the only really teams that that would benefit from, in my opinion, is lesser teams that shouldn't even be in at seven and nine, eight and eight, because really the current format that is very very rare, and with this stupid idiotic format, you're encouraging a seven and nine or an eight and eight team to make it. Which, as I said, no one wants to see that. I don't think. Unless you're the two seed hosting them and are going to win by 30 or 40 points. Which is not exciting either. But, you know, like I said, the vote comes out Tuesday. And really, I'm kind of... The vibe is kind of that they're probably not going to sign it and make it go through. Which I kind of hope not because we're just further ruining the game by adding unnecessary changes to the game like seven seeds and 17 games and stuff nobody asked for at all nobody's gonna put their well-being on the line for another game just so their owner can pocket some extra cash to me they just need to vote no and let's move on because to me this isn't gonna work and i can see why it's not popular the only people benefiting from this are the owners at the end of the day. So, you know, they they don't care. They're, they're pocketing all the money anyway. But, like I said, I don't know what's going to happen. I feel like it's going to be a no vote on Wednesday, but we won't know till um, Tuesday. Excuse me, Tuesday. We won't know till Tuesday. So, definitely something to follow along. Um, if you're listening, definitely check that out Tuesday follow along with that because this could kind of shift the landscape of the next 10 years of the NFL I mean they're going to add this who knows what else they could change in the in the uh, coming seasons so we will see how this goes like I said check it out on Tuesday follow it and um, if you're interested in it definitely look into it and see what the uh, final vote is Okay, coming up, um, I'll be talking about the Bengals and basically how hopeless they are. And yeah, it's over for them. That's coming up. All right, you're probably wondering what the heck that sound was and why is there glass breaking? Well, it's pretty simple. That is an accurate representation of the Bengals franchise, particularly the last 30 years. And how so much so far broken it is that unless you're a diehard, I don't know how the heck you can sleep at night. Unless you're all raging alcoholics, which I can understand that. That's probably the only way you can get through a full season is if you got a crap ton of beer with you during the game but I'm, I'd say I'm sorry but I'm a Pittsburgh fan so I really don't give a crap about you so really this whole segment's kind of just crapping all over you guys but really um, yeah it's basically just crapping all over you guys so if you're a Bengals fan yeah you might not want to listen to this so any great organization business franchise anything like that Starts everything starts at the top. 
good ownership, good management, all of these are keys to a successful business, franchise, whatever, um, whatever, anything business. And for the last 30 years, um, your guys' ownership, management, have just not given a crap. And as they say, um, as far as um, a um, bad team or franchise, a fish rots from the head down. And you would think in the past 30-ish years, somebody would be smelling the rotting fish that is the Cincinnati Bengals. Whether someone inside the organization or whoever. Because us fans from the outside can smell that from miles and miles away. It smells like rotting fish up there, man. And it's not getting any better for you guys. Because really, at the end of the day, your owner only gives a crap about winning winning. No, he doesn't give a crap about winning, excuse me. All he cares about is making that money, regardless of how crappy his product on the field is. I mean, it's pretty obvious this man does not give a crap about winning. Because if that was the case, they'd actually be making logical moves to contend. And they don't do that ever. Because they don't care. So y'all are fortunate to even make it to two Super Bowls in the 80s. Even more fortunate, y'all should have won. Y'all almost beat the 49ers twice. That is your claim to fame that you even got to the Super Bowl. Because after your last Super Bowl, the late 80s, it, it was over for y'all. You, you were destined to suck after that. I mean, that's just the reality of it. Especially the last 20 years. The decisions this team freaking made makes zero sense. I mean, zero freaking sense. I mean, I can go on and on about the dumb decisions this freaking franchise has made. First one, freaking Marvin Lewis. Why in the heck, how the heck this guy lasted 15? 16 years is beyond me. I mean, the dude was nine games over 500. Dude was freaking 0 and 7 in the playoffs. 0 and 7. There was a five year stretch where he lost five straight playoff games. And the seven times he made it out of 16 years, he couldn't freaking win a single one. Now tell me how that makes sense. And this dude actually won one or two division titles too. And he's had decent talent. He had Chad Johnson, Carson Palmer, Rudy Johnson, Hushmanzada. I mean, that's a pretty good squad. And even later, the year they went 12 and 4, they had AJ Green. They had Jeremy Hill, Bernard. They've had good pieces. Eifert, Gresham. This team's had good pieces. But I don't know how you let a guy coach your team for 16 years. Nine of them, he doesn't even make the freaking playoffs. And when he does make it the seven times, the one stretch where he made it five straight years, you don't even freaking win one of them. Now, why? Now, any other freaking team would have fired that guy 
long before he even got to that point. Look at the Browns. Team goes seven and nine, and they freaking fire their coach. They've had a million coaches in the last twenty years. You guys have had three. Probably should have a lot more than that. So you should be fortunate you only had three different coaches. And don't think a coaching change from Marvin Lewis is going to change the culture of your franchise. It's not. It's a broken team. The ownership, like I said, does not give a crap at all. And Joe Burrow has got to be scared and mad right now because y'all might be the one to draft him and ruin his freaking career. It's like you ruined Carson Palmer. I mean... He even came out and said, Burrow, you do not want to go there. They will treat you like crap, and they will not give you anything to be successful. And he's not wrong. I mean, Carson Palmer had good seasons there. Don't get me wrong. And he was also really good in Arizona, so he might have, you can argue he was even better there. Cincinnati just, yeah, was not doing good for him at all. He put up good numbers there. But his record was 46 and 51. Arizona, he was 38 and 21. So, I mean, and his numbers were slightly better because he had more talent. He had a defense. He had everything the Bengals didn't have for him. Which is one of the reasons why he was like, trade me or I'm retiring. Didn't blame the guy. I never did think he was that great of a quarterback. But clearly when he left, he showed that he was a pretty good, solid guy. That can make really any throw. He just wasn't given much to work with. Then they drafted Andy Dalton, which... I mean, who could argue with that? He was pretty good. Had a good career there. I mean, he wasn't the best, but once again, they really weren't helping him out besides A.J. Green and Mixon. But, I mean, really, what did he have to quit? I mean, not too much. I mean, they had a couple, they had one 12-win season. But really, this doesn't make a whole lot of sense that you can have talent like this and just waste it. Basically, right now, Cincinnati is just a place where players go to die. Their careers go to die. So I don't blame A.J. Green for wanting the heck out of there. Because they ruined his prime. Just like Calvin Johnson got ruined by the Lions. It's the same concept. Basically. If you, you go there to die. Your career dies in Cincinnati. And as I said... Um, in the intro, you might as well chalk them up as being the worst run team right now behind the Browns and Lions because the Browns have talent. They can screw up any talent, which is what's special about them. They can have the best roster and screw it up somehow. The Bengals, they don't even have the talent to screw up. They just don't care at all about even getting players or Um, producing a winning culture or a culture where players want to go and be like, hey, this is special. No, it is not special. It is a place you go to freaking die. 
your career will die, everything will die there. And that's just the, that's just the facts. I mean, yeah, it's a death sentence going there. You don't want that. Bones had a good career there. 204 TDs, 118 interceptions. 70 and 61, pretty solid. Of course, his playoff record is a lot to be desired. We all know he never won one of those, obviously. But um, that's to be expected. And you, you usually played terrible in those games, too. But a lot of it had to do with Marvin Lewis. And like I said, don't think a coaching change is going to fix your culture. It's not. Trust me, it's not. Because your owner, like I said, does not give a crap about winning. So your freaking um, tickets are con- going to continuously be low. Obviously. Which is good if you have a family, I guess, and you want to go for cheap. I mean, or you're a season ticket holder. I'm sure those are cheap now. Like I said, unless you're a diehard fan, I don't know who in the heck in their right mind would be watching this team freaking play. But like I said, I'm a Pittsburgh fan, so I'm not um, not questioning what they're doing at all because that's two easy wins for us that I'll take any day of the week. I will take any free wins we can get, period. I will, I'll take it. I will take it. But, um, yeah. Free wins are great. But, I'm, no, I, no one knows what the heck they're doing. Dalton actually was a pretty good draft. Him and uh, Green were in the same draft, and that was a pretty solid. It's really Dalton was the best quarterback in that class. Like I said, at the end of the day, this team doesn't give a crap and really they might as well trade their first overall pick because their number one guy clearly doesn't want to play for him because he knows his career is going to die and people are going to be like well he was a bust well I don't know how you really be a bust if your freaking team doesn't give a crap about you or giving you tools to be successful it's it's that simple I mean if they don't give you the necessary tools to be good how are you supposed to be good? I mean, come on. Trust Burrow. Trust Carson Palmer. He says, don't go there. Don't go there. If you do, then hold out or something. Because you don't want to be there, man. Nobody does. Trust me. And I, they're going to need a heck of a draft. If they did draft you to even give you anything to work with. Because I guarantee you... No one is going to want to play there because their culture freaking sucks. Alright, well, there's the rant for the day on how crappy the Bengals are. And like I said, I do not apologize if you are a Bengals fan. Alright, coming coming up next to wrap up the show, I will be talking about the NHL where amazing happens. Stay tuned. All right, wrapping up the show with a little NHL action. Um, I'll straight up say it. I am a casual hockey fan, casual hockey observer, if you will. 
but there is nothing better than going to a local minor league hockey game. And I know here in Indy, watching the Fuel is awesome. I love freaking going to their games. I always get tickets right in the front row, right behind the benches. And there's not been one game. Um, I haven't gone this year, but last year I went to four or five games. There was not a game I did not enjoy. Constant fights, constant brawling, constant chippiness. It's just fantastic. And actually, last year, some dude, seven, like five, six, seven seats down from me, I hit with a freaking puck. And his whole face was freaking bleeding. So that was pretty freaking intense. But I'm not here to talk about my minor league hockey viewership. I'm here to talk about the NHL and something incredible that happened last night that really isn't that uncommon. So basically, um, last night, the Carolina Hurricanes were playing the um, Toronto Maple Leafs. And turns out, in the second period, by the second period, both of their... um, normal goalies um, were injured. So lo and behold, out comes this freaking random, well, not not random, but this 42-year-old Zamboni driver who was their emergency goalie. So I don't know a whole lot about this guy other than he drives a Zamboni. So clearly that qualifies you. Anything to do with hockey, you know, driving the Zamboni around qualifies you to be a goalie, I guess, but like I said, this is an emergency situation, which I find freaking awesome, but apparently this guy also was an emergency one, uh, goalie in their um, AHL uh, affiliate, so this guy has kind of been around, so he comes in, like I said, as the emergency guy, and which to me, I'd be nervous as heck coming out freaking being thrown in the goal in a professional game. Not a lot of guys get to do that, but it does happen. Uh, I think Blackhawks had some emergency guy randomly step in and uh, man the goal. But anyway, like I said, this guy comes in, second period, and uh, of course, uh, first two go- first two shots he faces, he lets them get through for goals. To be expected, like I said, I'd be nervous and shaking if I was just some random Zamboni driver and come in and freaking have to play goalie in the NHL, the best professional league in the world, playing against all these professional level guys. I'd be scared too, and I would probably suck as well. But uh, the cool thing was, after the first two shots, um, he let in um, the last eight he stopped so this guy finished with a save percentage of 80 which for a guy that with little to no experience um saving eight shots and letting two in is pretty good and credit to his defense for even letting 10 shots only 10 shots go in the mid to late second and then the third so that itself is also very impressive so this guy came in, stepped in, had a heck of a game. They end up winning 6-3, to three, I think. So, like I said, it's a cool little story. Um, and that's something that occasionally does happen. 
I mean, um, there's been numerous examples of this. Like I said, Blackhawks, I think last year or a couple years ago, had to throw some random guy in there off the street in there in the goal. But uh, I think it's pretty incredible. One of the few sports, really, that all you guys get hurt and you throw some random dude in there. I mean, not many sports can really do that, per se. I know... Um, Usually in football, you got some other guy who's been a QB in college or has some knowledge of playing the position that can step in and in an emergency situation. I know Edelman was a QB in college and he was New England's emergency guy for a while. So, but that, it's, it's rare that it has to happen. I know the Jets punter, like, a long time ago, in the early 2000s or late 90s, had to come in and play quarterback. But, like I said, it's very rare in any other sport. But hockey, um, there's been a few examples of um, some random guy to step in and man the goal, which I think, is, like I said, I think it's pretty freaking cool. I know. Like I said, if that was me, I would have been shaking and freaking out. And I guarantee you, I'd, I would have let more than two two goals out of ten go in there. But like I said, that's, that's a cool, incredible moment for him, too. I mean, here's a guy that drives a freaking Zamboni around, and they're like, hey, we need you. And it's like, heck yeah, man, suit me up. So he got his 15 minutes of fame, I guess you could say, which I'm sure he'll never forget. I, I know I wouldn't if I got... 15 minutes of a professional game all the crowd watching that's that'd be that's cool that's awesome that would be awesome experience and um they're actually a debate if they were gonna actually pay him for doing it but i think he mentioned something about man just give me some beer i'll be cool which i think's freaking awesome give the guy however much he wants Give him lifetime supply. I don't. I don't care. I think it's awesome that this guy got to step in and freaking take over. But I've kind of been in a similar situation myself before. I remember my um, senior year of high school. I was one of like two senior managers, but that that was the only year I did it. Um, but I was well respected, and I remember our um, senior night. We were playing some like two or three A school which was really smaller than ours, which was 4A. And I remember um, suiting up for that and thinking, man, hopefully I get in, you know. But this team was terrible, yet we sucked too. So within like, so the only time we got to go in was the last 30 seconds. And then we were shooting free throws. So I'm like, well, crap, 30 seconds. I ain't going to be able to get any opportunities. So we're shooting free throws, and I'm sitting out, sitting outside the three-point line um, ready to run back on D because, I mean, the odds of getting an offensive rebound on a um, free throw is pretty pretty rare. So I'm like, all right, whatever. So, But then um, we missed it. It took one of those perfect bounces to our offensive player and I run in just inside the three-point line about the elbow take the shot biggest miracle shot of all time skips across the front of the rim flies up and goes straight in and I'm thinking when that happens I'm thinking crap I screwed up 
my only chance of doing something awesome down the freaking drain. But some miracle, a shot went in, and that was one of the greatest days of my life. It was awesome. Everyone was freaking happy. Everyone was freaking out. I was freaking out. I was shaking. Wait for that thing to go in. I was so nervous. I can imagine what this guy was feeling playing the NHL for a period and a half. I mean, that's incredible. Like I said, that would be a dream for some people. And this guy got to experience it for one one day. I mean, one night. I think that's awesome. That's something I would remember for the rest of my life. Of course, what I what I did in high school, I remember to this day how excited everyone was, and it was a great great moment. Something I wish I could relive over and over again. But unfortunately, there is no footage that I'm aware of of that. Everyone was so nervous and shaking that no one really got a video of it, which is unfortunate. Uh, I'm sure the, the school might have a video of it somewhere, but unfortunately, uh, I don't believe we did. But it did replay on TV in the lunchroom, so I got to see it uh, like every day that week, which was pretty awesome. But like I said, the NHL is this really kind of a place where average Joes like this guy, you know, a 42-year-old freaking random Zamboni driver can come in, live a dream, and get a win. I mean, how, how incredible is that? He comes in and... Hope contribute to a 6-3 win. So, and I think that's awesome. I, that'd be sweet. I can't imagine what that guy was thinking afterwards. How incredible and awesome that would be. That's a great story to tell your kids, too. Like, yeah, son, I got to play in goal for a professional team for a period and a half. And we won the game. I think that'd be awesome. And he was having fun. He didn't get really care if he gets paid or not. He's like something about like saying he wanted beer or something, which is, which is awesome. So that's cool. I just wanted to end the show with kind of a story like that, which I think is pretty awesome. When an emergency goalie, some random dude off the street essentially comes in and does something pretty incredible. I'm all for stories like that, and I think that's awesome. Props to that guy for not choking and living a dream i mean i think that's freaking cool so definitely something he's going to remember for the rest of his life that concludes another fantastic episode of the fanatic with your host david patrick Once again, I appreciate every one of you who took the time to listen and continue to listen to each and every episode. Y'all are awesome. I appreciate and love every single one of you. And the coming, very soon, coming soon, um, I should say, I will be putting up a Twitter page for this podcast. Um, It's going to be... um, the fanatic underscore dp on twitter i will appreciate every single one of you to follow that page if you have twitter and please feel free to tweet any questions comments concerns 
that would really help me out a lot i would love to feature some segments where i'm answering some of you guys's questions and um any other concerns you guys might have once again please feel free to subscribe like follow wherever you get your podcast and like always keep it classy this is dp signing off Thank you.